Impact, income, and influence. Do you want the most powerful, actionable takeaways from today's episode? Go to actionbullets.com to grab the quick, easy-to-read takeaways that will help you change your life and grow your business. Or you can click the Action Bullets link in the description below. Let's jump into today's episode. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show on the internet for reaching tons of people, selling one to many. And today we are talking about gamification boxes specifically, how you can engage your audience, double to triple your close rate and make more money while reaching more people and having a greater impact. My friend Mark Stern is joining us, one of my closest friends in entrepreneurship. He used to be a consultant for one of the head consulting firms in the world has an MBA from Duke. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing well, Steve. You know, it's always good catching up with you. So happy to be here. Awesome. So take us back to where this started because you actually didn't start with boxes at all, like all our entrepreneurial journeys. Uh, it started somewhere completely different. Um, you were kind of doing summits and then you were bouncing around with image design and gamification. Take us back to like where this started and like how you got so interested in this. Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. It's funny because it's a complete accidental business. This was never intended to be the business. Um, but so much of it was, um, you know, I was the guy who followed a, a path, you know, to happiness that I was born and raised with, which is go to college, graduate, go to high school, or go to get the dream job after college, and then, you know, go back and get your JD or MBA. And then, um, you know, have the big job after you get that grad degree and pick a fences and life is great. And I followed that to a T. That's all I knew. That's all anyone that I knew knew. And, um, you know, I, I, you and I've talked about a lot about this. It was, I think 2010, I got my hands on four hour work week and it kind of teased this idea of a nomadic lifestyle and like introducing the world of, um, you know, kind of digital nomads and digital marketing. And every time I read this book from Taryn Ferris, I was like, it was so much fun to dream, but I never, like, I didn't think these people existed because no one I knew was like these people. Um, so once I started to delve a little bit deeper into it, completely unveiled this whole digital marketing game, which was so different than corporate America, um, that I think that a lot of it was just curiosity. It's like, you ask yourself when you're introduced to this new realm, where do I begin? I began with virtual events. And that was simply because I loved going to conferences and the idea of creating my own digital conference. Um, it was just one of those things that it, it seemed like a good challenge and it seemed like a good way to force myself to really put myself out there on, on the internet. And that's really where a lot of this started. The first time that we launched a digital conference, it was called the Clickpreneur Summit. You spoke on it back in 2018. Um, and we had a physical product that I had created that we introduced with that called Entrepreneur Elements. So this was all like a publication around um, how to make the transition from corporate America to becoming an entrepreneur. And that I think really was like the first step of like dipping my feet into sending someone a physical product. And really it just became this thing that anytime I did a digital or virtual event, I sent a physical product with it. And then just to see the reactions of what was happening in the marketplace, that's kind of where this whole journey started. It was never meant to be 
the core focus business. It was meant to be the supplemental thing to these virtual events that we were creating. So that like really is where this started. And then, um, you know, we can get into what happened there, but to see how the market reacted when they would receive these physical things, that's when you start to say, okay, maybe there's a little bit more to this equation than what meets the eye. That's, I mean, that is awesome. I know like when we met, you were, you were starting to get going with the entrepreneur summit and like you were, it was really interesting to listen to your journey because you were really excited about doing a virtual summit, which at the time seemed to me to be like, like so much stuff to handle and do, but you handled it really well. I mean, how many people did you have on that first summit? Like 40, 45? Yeah, somewhere in that range. I think it may have been 42, 43, but yeah, right there, 40, 45, which is nuts. And I would never, it's one of those things that like virtual summits was like, what was it? I mean, you've been in the game for a long time too, Steve. So virtual summits became huge, like virtual summits and telesummits. And at some point there were like phone summits where you call in on a like 1-800 number and listen. listen, I can't imagine that. Like, I think it worked with the internet marketing trends of like the early 2010s and mid 2010s, because people valued that like, this is kind of where you see these bloated offers and people just assume if all these things are in an offer, it must be a good offer. So like summits were being pumped out with 20, 30, 50, 100 speakers, and people were looking at that as value. Today, I look at that as overwhelm. And it's interesting to see how fast that model has evolved. But at the time, like this is before COVID, before like a new virtual summit was like every other week or multiple times a day. Um, The model has changed so much since when I did it, even in 2018, it still was considered like a, a big undertaking. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of people in our realm that had really put them out there that much. So it was still kind of in the early timeframe of that. But again, you flash forward to the age of COVID it's amazing to see like that model to me is such a model of the past and it's really hard for that model to work beyond getting a couple of leads. But I mean, so much of what we do as entrepreneurs is we're trying to grow a business in order to grow a business. You need to have, you need to know your avatar. You need to have a solid offer. You need to be the right attractive character to to deliver the message. It's amazing to see how quickly just the concept of a virtual event has evolved since 2018. I mean, that's 100% correct. I mean, you went from doing those that large event to then doing smaller, I don't know if you want to call them micro summits or virtual, you were calling them virtual events versus a summit, but there were five or six speakers really targeted in. But what came out of that was you started shipping these boxes. I remember the high ticket box, and then yep. you did a box for us on our summit, um, live event launch pad, you, you started putting out these boxes and people started noticing the boxes. And you also started noticing that more and more people were getting really engaged because of the boxes. So talk a little bit about that and gamification. I mean, first time I went over to Mark's house, he had, if you guys remember back in the age of like Nintendo and Super Nintendo, he had the game books that were like the cheat codes they were like 300 pages thick of how you work through something and i thought that was really interesting and you said well i'm doing that because it helps with the boxes which to me was like a light bulb moment i'll let you take it from there though yeah so there's two parts of this because i do want to get into that gamification to me is something that we can nerd out on for hours but high ticket online we this is i think when the role of a box really evolved so high ticket online um the problem that i was trying to solve with this product was that people in the digital marketing space someone would be like, oh, I just closed $250,000 worth of sales with my high ticket product. So everyone would flock over to them 
and like be like, why am I not getting the same results? Because not all business models are created equal. Not all offers make the same sense for every single market. So this whole event was, can I interview, I think it was literally 11 people. I did these interviews in like over the course of two to three days and they're each about an hour long. But I was really intentional with how we structured these, these interviews for High Ticket Online because the goal was, can I spotlight um, 12 different models, including myself, of how people structure their high ticket programs? And then through that, can I create a box that could live beyond the summit? So um, when we launched the summit, we had this branded box that had the 12 experts pictures on it. We turned all of our experts into trading cards, like literal, think of baseball cards trading cards that broke down their session and how to make it like be actionable with what they taught. So we did all these really cool things. And um, I really wanted to have a box that was just designed to give you tools and resources to make it easy for you to like replicate a high ticket program that made sense for your business model and be like, listen, if this is what you, and I, we really, we created an assessment that was part of the box that people filled out. Um, to then be able to say, okay, which interview should I listen to that makes sense for my business model? So like, we were really intentional with this. But what happened was when these boxes landed in market, all the speakers um, started taking ownership of their box. They started authentically posting pictures. They started taking pictures with their trading card. And then all of a sudden their audiences were like, how do I get my hands on these boxes? So then when they got their boxes, they started doing the same thing. So all of a sudden, you know, I was looking at this as like, holy geez, this is better than Facebook ads. Like everyone's getting a box and they're posting videos and they're posting pictures with the contents and they're selling my product for me. Um, and that's what was really powerful because then you can take all of that social proof and repurpose it again and again and again to activate your community in a really powerful way. So I think that's kind of when the light bulb moment went off to say, if we just look at a box as swag in a box and putting stuff in a box, you completely miss the opportunity of how to leverage boxes for your business. And what it really comes down to is if you look at the digital marketing space, when we talk about truly creating an experience, and this is like, when we say experience, it's hyper relevant in the age of COVID, um, especially when we were trapped in quarantine. Experience is, is through your senses. Um, you experience the world through the sense of sight, sound, touch, taste, smell. When you go to Disney World, it is so powerful because Disney knows how to activate every sense, all the way to what you smell when you're walking through the park. Same thing with the movie theater, the smell of popcorn. Digital-only products, everyone, billions of pieces of data get uploaded every single day is competing for just what you see and what you hear, two of the five senses. The cool thing about a box is I can bring this multidimensional element to the digital experience by giving you something physical that you can hold, that you can navigate through, that activates different senses, that complements what you're going through digitally. So that's kind of what we started to see. And it was interesting to see how our point of view started to evolve. But with all these boxes we were launching, everyone just started reaching out to me being like, how are you doing this? And I was just getting on these calls and just telling them how to do it. And eventually I was like, I need to buy back my time because so many people are asking me for this. I was so focused on building a business on virtual events like building a business on boxes never just seemed like an opportunity for me. And finally, I was like, I'm going to launch a challenge. It was like a $37 challenge, the custom box challenge. Anyone who wants to learn how to do a box, go buy the challenge. And honestly, that's the rest was history. 
Um, people started going through the challenge. The challenge still converts all, I don't even put any, uh, I never promote it and it converts like none other. And um, what ends up happening is people go through the challenge and then said, say to me, like, we just want you to build our boxes for us. So we launched an agency to support more people. And then we just started gobbling up more and more of the value ladder for that. We became a distributor. So we're a vendor. We have our own storefront where you can get promotion swag. We have our full team of designers. We have a warehouse in Austin, Texas. So it was just crazy to see how quickly, like the thing that was supposed to support virtual events, all of a sudden became the new opportunity that when COVID hit and everyone became an expert in virtual events overnight, I now went from competing with other people who did virtual events to being able to collaborate with them and show them a point of view of how boxes can be their strategic uh, advantage um, with what they're doing. So that is like kind of where this all just like kind of went crazy a little bit. Well, I want to unpack a couple different things you said in there. The first one is like a box is not just swag, right? There's all kinds of cool. It's great to get a t-shirt in the mail. You, you sign up for ClickFunnels. You're there for a little bit. They send you a t-shirt. Um, you do somebody's program, they send you something in the mail, but you get it in, you know, like one of those Amazon bags, like a plastic bag, you open it up, it's a shirt stuffed in a bag, no note, no nothing. Um, what you did that was really cool to watch was you were like, how can we actually build the experience? You started, your stuff with experience started actually in college when you applied to grad school. I want you to tell that story because this is like, for me, this is where the experience started. Like you learned how to build an experience for the people to beat everybody to get into business school. Oh my gosh, that story. Um, well, there's a, there's, a, there's a step before that story too, which is um, uh, <laughs> I went to undergrad in DC thinking I'd go to law school. I didn't go to law school. I, I think there was one day that I was just like, nobody looks happy in law school. So I don't know why I would ever go to law school and um, somehow got exposed to this sector of marketing. That's not event marketing. It was called experiential marketing. And that's when I, I moved to Chicago. So Steve and I share like a, a fun fact that we lived in the exact same building in Chicago. I don't know if we overlapped. I feel like we missed each other by months. We didn't we know it, but like later on when we became buddies and Steve lived in Chicago, I think we were just talking. I was like, where did you live? And when you told me that you lived in, what was it, the Ontary? Is that what Ontary, it was? Ontary like, Towers, 441 East Erie. Small world, like the fact that you and I live there. So when I lived there, I did experiential marketing for the beverage realm. So um, our like my client was uh, Pernod Ricard. So Absolute, Jameson, Malibu, Chivas, Glenlivet. We developed all their national marketing on-premise campaigns. So if you went into a bar and it was completely decked out with a whole experience around like a Jameson bottle, like we would design those experiences and then I'd fly over to the United States to see it. It was like the perfect job when you're 22, 23 years old to go to bars all over America. Um, but it was all about the experience. So when I applied to business school, and I love that you're bringing this up, by the way, um, I didn't know that that story resonated with you too. Um, I filled out the business school application for like what they wanted me to fill out. So I went to Duke and got my MBA at Duke. Um, I'm a blue devil. I, I love Duke. But their application process, I, I went through it and I was just like, I still don't feel like this represents me. And they really can't with just words on a page, like really understand me. And then also how much I want this experience. And if you know the absolute brand, absolute vodka 
had a whole series of products and they still do right now that it, it's they always have a name that's like absolute blank so absolute um berry acai absolute citron it's always like a different flavor and the classic bottles of absolute have the name and script under it so if you look at a traditional bottle i think they've changed the bottle to be more of a um a traditional design but if you see it, it used to be kind of a script that talked about the vodka or talked about the flavor of the vodka. And we were launching new flavors of Absolute. This was, if you, it, there was a big trend in vodka at the late uh, 2000s, early 2010s, that they were like cranking out a new flavor like every six months. So these flavored vodkas were a huge trend. Um, so because I was applying to business school, at the same time, I was like, I'm going to create a bottle of absolute that I'm calling absolute Fuqua. Fuqua is the name of the business school. And I literally like got a clean skin bottle of absolute that was just completely blank and completely replicated on a transparency of this whole story of absolute Fuqua. And during a time of, you know, when I applied to business school was right after the economic burst where like people were losing their job left and right. So applications were up 30% to go to business school. Um, and I'm just like a, a white dude from Chicago. Like I have to compete against all the other people who have my profile because every business school likes to have a good diversity mix. So it's like, how does this white dude from a big city in America stand out? And I sent them a bottle of vodka that was absolute Fuqua. And, you know, you kind of just like look to the stars and pray to the gods to say, I just sent an admissions committee, a bottle of vodka. Let's just see how this pans out. But deep down inside it felt like the right thing to do and um did you uh, did you like huh did you go to the post office or the ups store to mail it and you were like should i be doing this i don't know should i should i I second, dude every (laughs) every second of this like it's like one of those things that you just are like okay my dream school that i want to get into just happens to be right after the worst economic times in the 2000s and now I am like in a position of <laughs> sending a bottle of vodka to, you know, Duke to show them like, like, like how well, they, passionate I was well, about going there. I mean, they're not going to forget for better or for worse. They're going to get that in the mail and they're going to attach that to your name. And they're either they're going to love it or they're going to hate it. It's polarizing a little bit. It has yeah. a chance to be so Finish the story. What happened with this? I mean, yeah. Anytime you do business school admissions, they do rounds. So they tell you, you will find out. And I don't know if I think colleges are like this, that it'd be like March 18th, you know, you can log into this place and see if you got in. So before it had to be weeks of waiting to get a, like a, a letter in the mail. And if it was thick, you knew it was going to be an acceptance. If it's thin, you know, it's a rejection. And this model, like, like sending them a bottle, um, I ended up getting a call out of round to get admitted to the school. And, um, so it was like one of those things that like, it, it, it did exactly what I wanted it to do. And it was truly a life changing. Cause it, it was one of those things that, you know, you go through life and there's these preset rules. And, you know, I think this is like a cool lesson was, is that application, this is the application you fill out to get in. And I kind of broke the rules, um, just because I didn't feel like I was representing myself to my best ability. And the outcome of that is. Um, it worked and well, it was you- risk that like, I mean, it was one of the best decisions I could have ever made. It was, it was a, I, I think that this bottle that I sent to Duke was the key reason why I did get admitted. 
which then put me on this trajectory of, you know, getting to uh, work for a top five consulting firm because Duke is a big um, recruiter for them all the way down to, you know, the experiences I have while I was at that consulting firm working with my dream mentor, Peter Diamandis and XPRIZE. But it, it, it's so many things that were this event that I think stemmed from this bold decision of sitting in the post office saying, do I mail this bottle of vodka to the admissions committee? And here's the fun fact is that um, the admissions director had that bottle on her desk for years until, you know, she was like, you know, if people come in and see a bottle of vodka on my desk, they may get the wrong impression. Um, and I think she ended up taking it down. But like, it, it was still one of those things that was like, you know, I'm so glad I made that bold move because well, I do think it was a big decision in my life. Well, I think, I mean, I want to, I want to highlight like, what I see in that is you built an experience for them that made yourself stand out. They looked at it as, dude, this person cared enough to do the research, to make this, to send us something, to go out on a limb. And now I just, anyone that's listening to this, it's in digital marketing or entrepreneurship. Think about what your business does. 99% of entrepreneurs are lazy not lazy and they don't work. They work all the time. But oh, when it comes to customers, I'm not going to go the extra mile. I can barely get myself to answer a support email. Like, I don't know how many times if you're in this realm, you've had that happen, right? Like their processes are falling apart, their websites falling apart, and their customer journey is falling apart. What Mark did in custom boxes is the same thing he did with that bottle of vodka. He built an experience that shows that he cared about the people that were attending his summit, speakers and attendees. The speakers then in turn did all of his promotion for him, got him thousands of dollars worth of sales and pushed his brand up. So when you are looking for ways to stand out in the marketplace, building an experience, showing somebody that you're willing to go the extra mile and care a little bit. I talked to an influencer that um, last year, her brand did $3 million. And I asked her if she was doing a box and her cold reply was, no, I don't need to spend money on that. I'll get who I get. I'm not going to waste that money. And like, we're talking about like somewhere between like 20 to $50 a person. And my, my response to her was you are missing out majorly. If you're doing 3 million right now with a box, your event would probably do four. Um, but I'll leave that. The reason this is so passionate for me, I came from fine dining where it was all about building experience. Yeah, you're charging totally. somebody $500 for dinner. It had better be epic and you've got to go the extra mile. And I love doing that because you see the result. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode. Are you enjoying the story so far? Would you like to know how to use storytelling and story selling in your business? Check the show notes down below or go to storyselling.how to grab my free mini course on story selling and start implementing this in your business right now. All right, let's jump back to the episode. So Mark, I want to kind of turn the discussion a little bit and I want to talk about what are the things that really separate your box and experience box from a swag box. And I know you have, you have like four or five different case uses for boxes. So yeah. I want to kind of go in that. Yeah. We, so we like to call them transformation boxes because especially in the digital marketing game, a lot of people talk about this idea of the two avatars, the avatar of the person who enters your program and the avatar of who they're going to become through the transformation they're going to have on your program. So here's where we differentiate versus anyone else who's really in this game. Cause I don't see anyone doing 
what we're doing the way we're doing it. Um, it, it starts with strategy first. Everything is about strategy. Um, I can put swag in a box, but so what? Here's another t-shirt, here's another water bottle. There's things that you can do to make those so much more valuable than just being a t-shirt. I'd rather you earn the t-shirt. You hit a certain milestone and we send you the shirt. But the core goals of how we see things is your customer life cycle, three phases. You acquire a customer, so acquisitions phase one, you fulfill with your products and services. So now I've acquired them. Now I'm fulfilling with my products and services, phase two. And then phase three is retention. How do I retain and ascend these clients up? So depending on what your goal is, am I trying to get new clientels or am I trying to acquire new JV partners? The story that I'm going to form with a box and how to leverage a box strategically is very different than, okay, you bought my product or service. Now I need to fulfill upon it versus, okay, how do I incentivize you and gamify the experience to keep you engaged, to keep you a part of this community, to make you feel more connected and to serve you at a higher level? Very different strategies on boxes. So that's kind of where we worked with clients to say, like, what is it? If you just want to do a box that has a t-shirt, we're not your people. We're not. The things that we're able to do with clients is the clients are seeing massive conversions and massive returns because they are creating an experience that, um, you know, what if you, if I, like we have so many frameworks for different things, but when we talk about what does a good box do, it does three things. Reduces barriers to success, meaning a perfect example is um, I have a, per, a friend who's going through a program right now that you have to download and print out every single worksheet, which means you got to download the worksheets. You got to make sure you have a printer, which most people don't use a printer anymore. I think in this day and age, it's just like, it's just another hassle. Uh, you have to have paper in the printer. You have to have ink in the printer. The printer has got to be set up to your computer. There's too many things that can go on that could prevent you from getting to the point. Of, and then you got to be organized. You got to organize all the papers that you're printing out. Too many things can happen that prevents you from, do they get you to a point to say, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it at some point. So everything that we look at when we say reducing barriers to success is how do we make it easier for people to get the result? Put that in the box. Increase engagement is the second thing. I wanna see things that they can interact with so they can engage, especially if they can engage live. We love, uh, like one of our whole products is called a virtual social box which is all about like creating these virtual social experience, uh, experiences like happy hours and networking events that bring people together. But a wine glass, if we send those out to people, then it's come like join our happy hour, pour a glass of wine and virtually let it be an engagement tool uh, with that experience. And then uh, the other one is to inspire connection and community. I think a lot of us are looking for ways to really like, we're not doing what we're doing for a one-off sale. We're, we're trying to create a movement and we wanna build a whole community around it so we can grow the community and serve the intended impact of why we're doing what we're doing in the first place. So that whole community and connection piece is another thing that I wanna see a box do. And there's so many ways to do it. So that's kind of where it's just, you know, everything is strategy first. A box is not going to solve all your problems. If you don't know who your avatar is, if you don't have a good um, offer, um, and you don't know how to really position your product in the marketplace. But if you do know how to do that, a box is going to be your best amplifier. It is incredible to see how people go from a good level of exposure to just blowing up as a result of bringing in that physical element that truly just amplifies. Well, that's so talk to me about because I think a lot of people out there, they're like, 
Oh, a box. Okay, cool. I just remember when we got, we were in a program together. They shipped us a surprise box. It, it arrived. It was nicely done. It had the logos on the outside. You opened it. It had a big like laminated card in it. Then it had books and then it had a letter. And I just remember being like, oh, they, these guys actually cared versus just sending me a t-shirt, but you go way beyond that. So I guess I want to go a little bit deeper. What are the mistakes that you see people make with a swag box versus what you do differently? Like I want, I want some nitty gritty specifics. Yeah. So what people do is they put a lot of what, what we just call crap in a box. It's, it's stuff that just has no meaning behind it. Um, that like you get in, it's another shirt, you get it and it's another water bottle. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of people do when I say like what I want to see in a box minimum, I want to see a welcome note in a box, uh, depending on what your goals are. Usually I like to see some type of what we call a support item, which is making it easier for you to be successful with the products or services. A lot of boxes are missing those because they, they keep it simple. Let's just put a bunch of stuff in a box. Let's not give people the tools that they actually need to be successful with this program. Um, and, uh, like the other thing that, that is to me, a, a huge miss is the power of introducing and seeding your value ladder early on. Like, I like to see what we call a call to action piece. Um, and the call to action piece is just designed to like, kind of start the seeding process that the movement that you're creating is so much more than just this one-off event. Too many people I see do virtual events or do courses or coaching programs that, they don't start to lay the groundwork for the what's next. So there is so much power in seeding. So that's kind of why I want to see something like, I want you to put something in the box that's going to get me to at least take an action, whether it be today or be in the future, but you're already laying the groundwork for that. So those are the things that I usually don't see. Usually with the swag boxes, it's just, it's just a bunch of stuff that like you're missing out on those opportunities to warm people up, get them to do something making it easier for them to share the contents of your box, create something that's like a wow experience. We do a lot of rip and reveals, which is like part of the experience. You go through the experience. You don't open an envelope till you hit a junction. You earn the right to open the envelope. That's all part of the experience that you're creating. It's not as flat as, you know, here's just a bunch of random stuff. So I like to say, like, when you think about the story in the box, you got to one, think about the attractive character. Um, you know, it, it, me as an attractive character, if people work with me, I wear a hat. I always have a hat. Guess what I put in my box? I put a hat. I put a hat in there just because that's something that's really unique to me. And what happens is I get on these coaching calls and all my uh, mentees or all the students in the program, they're all wearing my hat because they're part of that experience. This is a connection piece to me. It's so much more than a hat. It's a part of my identity that I'm sharing with them. And there's a story I will tell behind it. It's so much more powerful than just random thing in box. Well, that's I mean, it is, it is way, way more powerful. So on that note, um, I know like you've shared with me some results. You had one guy that I thought like the box, you've worked in boxes like across so many different industries, yeah. not just coaching and consulting, but some SaaS products. You had that one, one product where the, you literally almost doubled the guy's revenue. Um, I want to hear, you can share whatever you feel comfortable with. Cause I know you don't want to give away too much, but <laughs> tell me a little bit of the results that you've seen across a couple different industries because you've worked in so many of the different digital realm industries. Like, go ahead, I'll let you share from there. Yeah, I mean, we have seen um, six and seven figure launches with boxes. And the cool thing about it is um, 
there's so many different parts of that value ladder uh, uh, that you can introduce the box. Like with high ticket online, um, we sold those boxes for $100 each. I think our hard cost, including shipping, was $35 for a box that was packed. It was a packed box. And for anyone who affiliated that program, we gave 100% of the commission to people. So, I mean, one of the things that it's interesting to think about is a lot of people are like, I'm just starting out. Um, am I ready for box? I'm probably not ready for box. And they're looking at like a low ticket, to me, a low ticket offer, unless you can sell a massive amount of it. And when we say low ticket, we're talking like seven to $97. It's hard to make a big profit margin on a low ticket product. So what we try and show clients is sometimes, you know, you may associate it with the small ticket product on the front end, but it's not about the, for me, it wasn't about the hundred dollar box. It was about the higher ticket program on the back of it. That's what I wanted people to do. So I don't mind giving you a hundred percent commission and taking a loss on the box. And here's the reality, knowing your numbers became so powerful because I gave people hundred percent commission on the box, but not on my bump or my OTO. And my bump is like, when you're checking out of a cart, you may have a little box at the bottom that says, do you want this additional item? People attribute it as like, you're at the grocery store to buy milk and eggs and you're at the checkout and you decide to go for the gum. Like the gum's like the bump, the thing you weren't intending to get, but you added on at the last second. Um, we were never in the red. And so I didn't mind leveraging a box on the front end as a break even offer because the money's not gonna come from the low ticket offer. The money's gonna come from a $2,000, $10,000 program. Um, with, uh, I, I, uh, with like virtual social box as another example, just because I think it's such a cool story. We wanted to test this concept of can, uh, would people be interested in participating in a virtual social event, a virtual happy hour, a virtual networking event. Um, and so, um, what we did was, uh, you know, I, I built out this concept. This is, I think June of 2020. So during COVID. Um, and just put it out there to say, um, you know, we have this concept of a virtual social box. I think I paid 20 bucks to get three custom boxes printed small. I think they were super ugly boxes, but the whole concept was, could I, is there a market interest in a box that only has a wine glass, rocks glass, or coffee mug and, uh, got the boxes in, um, took three glasses out of my pantry. I had a stemless wine glass and a rocks glass unbranded took the three boxes, went outside and took a picture of the three boxes kind of stacked like a triangle with the glassware just around it. And that one picture I just posted on Facebook and said, you know, I'm launching this founder circle for anyone who wants to uh, get a set of, and I don't know if we offered 50 or 100 virtual social boxes for them, but just made this offer out there. And uh, within the first three weeks, this one little offer from I think two Facebook posts. And I'm not like, I don't have a massive Facebook following um, Steve can attest to the fact that I don't do good about being consistent on social media at all. My Instagram is like two pictures of my dog um, and ended up making 35 K on a box that cost me $20 to get printed, to test a concept. Nothing existed with it. It was a story in a Facebook post. And uh, you flash forward to three months later, that 35 K in sales. Now I'm up to over six figures in sales from a $20 empty box. So this is kind of where it's just like the power of a box. You know, the product didn't exist. It wasn't like I was an established brand that had all these things. I was just someone who was testing out a new concept and the concept resonated with the marketplace. So, 
you know, there's going to be a lot of people in the digital marketing game who spend a lot more than $20 to get, you know, the validity that they need. But with that, now that's a whole product line that we're about to launch our own Build-A-Bear website as a result. So those are some examples with us. I can get into client examples, um, uh, but we've had clients in so many different verticals that- um, well, I mean, just I want to hear numbers, like, because that's the most powerful thing, right? You had one guy who came to you, his average cart value was X and it went to- like yeah, almost double. We had one guy, one person who's um, he averaged out in terms of sales for for what he did online. He has a, a challenge. His challenge um, usually, uh, I think he hits usually about a hundred sales each time he does it. Um, and then the conversion for the back end high ticket offer usually averages out to about um, twenty five percent of those who go through the challenge. When we introduced the box, um, that number doubled. He had uh, two hundred people go through the challenge and close to 50% um, take the back-ended offer. So you see like you're almost three or four Xing the entire value of that experience. What was the other, what was the only thing that was different about it? What was different about it was rather than it being a traditional challenge, we created a whole experience out of this challenge. We turned it into this whole theme. Um, so this client wanted to do something that felt like a detective theme and you're a detective going and building out your business in his space and in literally guiding you through this journey step-by-step. Step. We had this full-fledged experience. So if you see our boxes, it's not just a fun little branded box. Usually there's a theme around it. Um, and there's a whole element to it that thinks through like where, well, this is what we do with our clients. We get into what is it you're trying to achieve? What does that journey look like? And then how do we mirror a box experience that aligns with that journey? And the cool thing about it is every step of the way for this product, he had these uh, feedback loops to get people to take pictures with different assets inside the box and post it. So by the end of just the first time of doing this, I mean, the amount of social proof was insane. Uh, hundreds of people posting different pictures of completing their homework or interacting with different assets of the boxes or doing unboxing videos. It was just remarkable to see the power of a box that, and I wanna say these boxes probably averaged anywhere from 20 to 25 bucks each, nothing for the impact that he's able to have with it. And he's just getting started. Well, I mean, the impact, and for those of you who missed it, it almost doubled his back end high ticket. Oh, it did more than that. It did a more, lot more than. So it, like quad, it either tripled or quadrupled his back end. And how much was his back end? Just a ballpark? Uh, I want to say it was an offer between 500 to 1,000. I mean, if you take the low end of that, I just want you guys to grasp this. A $500 offer he was probably converting off of a challenge somewhere around 20%. He converted, I think you said better than 70% or something, something no, ridiculous. No, it's somewhere, but I would say about 50. So, but still like it blew out of the water where he had it from any challenge he had done previously. So, so the, the, even if that 500, I think you'd be looking at roughly going from like maybe 25 to 30 up to 70 to $80,000 like that. So my good friend who had the, we talked about at the beginning of this episode that had a couple million dollar launch was she was kind of sketched out about she's like, I don't want to spend 25 or $50 on each one of the people. I don't think I'm really going to see the return. Everyone that you've done a box for you have seen rock solid returns. The difference guys between a cost and an investment A cost is money that you spend that you never see come back to you an investment, something you put in and you get a multiple return 
which Mark has been able to replicate over and over again because it builds the experience. I think her problem was that she saw it more as the swag box, right? Why am I sending somebody a t-shirt that's not going to do anything? Missing the strategy piece, which is what you have in spades. Mark, if people wanted to find you, if they wanted to do the custom box challenge, where can they go check this stuff out? Totally, yeah. A couple places. Feel free to go to customboxagency.com. Custom Box Challenge is customboxchallenge.com. We have a Facebook group that is Custom Box Central. Um, so we have a lot of good stuff that happens in there. So there's lots of places and you can always ping me on, on Facebook. So lots of places to, to do. And one thing I do wanna say, Kevin, uh, uh, Steven, um, the box is not going to be your savior. It will not. You could have, um, if you do not know who your avatar is and you do not know, um, you know, what their pain points are and you do not have a good quality offer, like just a box for the sake of a box isn't going to solve your problems. I mean, this, the fundamentals of the game are just so important, but exactly like Steve said, you know, it, when you see something like, and this is exactly why with high ticket online, we give hundred percent of the box, uh, cost uh, to affiliates because it wasn't about that. It was about really establishing ourselves as the trusted mentor to help our clientele get to the next level or solve the pain point as to why they bought our products in the first place. So that's where you can serve them at an even higher level. And, you know, I would do that day and night again and again. Awesome. There is uh, there's Mark's friend, Addy, the dog goes everywhere with him. Um, if you guys are listening to this and you have any interest in a box, I'm telling you, do the custom box challenge. It will change your mind on what's possible. Reach out to Mark. Everything is in the show notes. So we are going to have the custom box agency link for you. We're going to have the custom box challenge link. We're going to have Mark's Facebook because you can reach out to him direct in Messenger. Um, he'd be happy to talk to you. Boxes will change the way you do your business. I am a huge fan of direct mail and of building the experience for people because it that's what makes you stand out in the digital age. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I just need to do more sales. It's not about having crazy amounts of leads. A really good friend of mine has less than 600 people on her email list. She has a $250,000 a year business because she knows how to engage the people that are there, build the experience for them, and then have she becomes the known like trusted advisor and they buy from them. Boxes will do that for you. So Mark, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on, joining us, sharing your journey yeah. with us. Always a pleasure, Steve. So thank you. No problem. To everyone else out there, until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, Grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.